0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to Roots of Humanity, a podcast that celebrates the beautiful people and culture of our world. My name is Drew Binsky. I'm a world traveler and content creator who has spent the past 12 years traveling to all 197 countries in the world. In episode 31 of Roots of Humanity, I talked to my new friend Izet about his roots as an indigenous person to Crimea.
1: It's in the Black Sea region, like the south part of Ukraine.
0: So, what exactly is Crimea? Well, before 2014, most people probably had no idea about this historic peninsula in Eastern Europe. That is, until it was illegally annexed from Ukraine by Russia, planting the seeds for the present-day war. Izet talks about the geopolitics of the region and its long history, as well as Tartar culture which has roots in Turkey. From his childhood in Uzbekistan to his boarding school years and travel, Izet has a very unique story that is both wild and inspiring. Tune in to hear me reflect about why Ukraine is one of my favorite countries in Eastern Europe and how I got detained in Russia before the war on the border of North Korea. Thanks for tuning in and let's get into it.
1: Hey, Izet, what's going on, man? Hi, thank you, Drew. Thank you. I'm great. How about you?
0: How are you? I'm good. Did I pronounce your name right? Izet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect.
1: From the first try.
0: (laughs) I'm excited to chat about... Crimea, I mean, it's it's a place yeah. that uh, people have only heard about for news in 2015. I think it was 2015, right?
1: Look, like 2014, 2015.
0: Before that, if you went on the street holding up a sign that said, I'm from Crimea in the, in the US, nobody would have any clue what that is.
1: Yeah, that would be like, I don't know. The, I, I hope it's not going to be like, it's is it some from fantasy world or stuff like that?
0: <laughs> yeah, so first of all, let's talk about where it is um, in the Black Sea, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's in the Black Sea region like the south part of Ukraine, and uh, it's located like between, like the northern part of Turkey, like Georgia from the uh, east side, and from the west side there might be like Romania, and uh, Bulgaria, like Black Sea region, right, yeah.
0: Yeah, so when I'm looking at a map of the Black Sea right now, the whole southern part of the Black Sea is Turkey, and then yeah, it goes Georgia, Russia, and then it Mm -hmm. goes Ukraine, and then it goes Romania, Bulgaria. So those are the countries that surround the Black Sea. Ukraine is like the whole northern part of the Black Sea, And underneath, like the mainland part of Ukraine, is it an is Crimea an island?
1: Uh, it's like a peninsula. You know, there's a a, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a a short land that connects. Yeah.
0: It's a huge piece of land. That's massive. I don't. It's probably bigger than many U.S. states. And it's just sitting right below the mainland of Ukraine. And it also connects yeah. by bridge to Russia, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, like they gave the name of it's like a carriage bridge. It's like artificial thing that they built uh, in uh, like after annexation in tw- 2015 or 2016. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, they, they have this thing there.
0: So w- what exactly happened with the annexation? As I understand correctly, Crimea was Ukraine for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And then what happened?
1: Well, uh, you know, uh, if you go, like, deep into this, uh, there, it comes down all to history and stuff like that. And, uh, like, the indigenous people, they're, like, Korean Tatars, like me, for example. We were, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, having our own state till the 18th century. In the 18th century, it was annexed by Russian Empire. Then, like, w- if we go to the official history that has been taught so far... Um, when it goes to the 1954, it's like, you know, Ukrainian SSR, like part of the Soviet Union, Crimea was like transferred there and it was stamped on a, a law, like, you know, it was like a legal and everything stipulated, I may say. And mm-hmm. uh, after that, uh, after some time in... Um, And there was, like, 2014, like, um, Ukrainian movement towards more, like, you know, Western politics and towards, like, European, closer to the European Union. At this time, actually, uh, there are regions that were, like, uh, affected a lot by, let's say, the material that is not, like, pro-Ukrainian, we may say in this case. And uh, these people, for example, they they were not in favor of, for example, European future for the Ukraine. And at this time, for example, it was a bit unexpected for me in 2014. I was in Crimea actually, and it was unexpected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there and it was unexpected to me. And at this time it was like seized illegally. And uh, actually, I mean, like it was, it wasn't like, you know, um, it it did not, uh, we, we did not have such kind of aggressive situation there. I mean, like there weren't any clashes or fights. Like uh, it was seized in a way, in a peaceful in a peaceful way, I may say like, you know, there wasn't any fights, like uh, any clashes, any conflicts and stuff like that. Sometime there still were like trains going on and uh, like there were like administrative borders that you know, you cross usually if you want to go to the mainland uh, of Ukraine. But uh, yeah, after, th- from time to time, uh, actually they were try, they were uh, immersing you into their culture when it was annexed, uh, into their like propaganda, we may say, and informational uh, fil- filtration, I may say, as well. So yeah, that's what happened.
0: You were there the whole time this happened in, in Crimea yeah 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 were there like tanks on the street with like guns Russian soldiers did you see that stuff
1: Um, at this time actually I was well I was in the 10th grade I was 16 years old and I've been in boarding school actually like I finished boarding school so while I was there actually I did not I did not go out because as I was in boarding school I wasn't go I wasn't allowed to go out you know like uh, as it goes in boarding school policy but according to the verified news i knew there were like soldiers from the uh, from the russian mainland but Mm -hmm. uh, they did not have any kind of signs that actually they tell you like actually you belong to the armed forces of this country for example they did not have any signs of this did they change like the flags in around the city from ukraine to russia you know it was like um i might say it mostly like uh an inside joke, like you know before that actually you try before doing some move you try actually to lay some groundwork you try to lay some groundwork and when it comes to it uh just there were like soldiers with no signs just like uh we call we used to call them as uh, like you know as part of our humor uh green people or some st- stuff like that because they were all like all green no signs sure. at all and uh just like they were trying to uh, instigate to provoke that there should be such kind of protests against Ukrainian Crazy, government man. and stuff like that.
0: I can't believe you were there when that happened. <laughs> so who lives in Crimea? Is it is it mostly Tartars? Are you, you're Tartar, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm Crimean Tatar, yeah. Like there are different types of Tatars as we know, like but I'm Crimean Tatar.
0: Because Kazan is also Tartars, then,
1: Kazan. Yeah, yeah, I've been there actually. I've been there. I have seen them I have some uh, people whom I know from this part of the world.
0: But that's like really far from Crimea. So how is that? How is Tajistan that big? Uh,
1: Tatarstan, I don't know, like they actually, they have their own history there, as I know. And we have our own history, you know, and I cannot speak for their like generations, but I can speak for ours. Like, you know, what were the nations that were involved in forming us as an indigenous people of Crimea and as a like a unique culture that we may have. Actually, you know, like uh, there were like even uh, Greeks like colonizing then romans then actually there were even before them there were like iranian nomadic tribes as well and uh, that actually when helped I, a lot in forming culture yeah when i look up
0: the ethnic group backgrounds of crimea tell me if this is true i see in 1970 sorry in 1785 so 250 years ago it was 85 percent crimean tartars living there two percent russian 10% other. Then you go to now or 2014, 2014 census, and it yeah. says 13% Crimean Tartars, uh, 67% Russian, and 16% Ukrainian. Does that sound right to you?
1: Actually, if we took it in an objective way, yeah, that is true, because uh, my people, we, we had extremely terrible, extremely terrible tragedy that was in the 18th of May. 1944 you know when it comes to dictatorships as in like Soviet Union for example they deported almost 200,000 people from uh, my homeland and like majority of people were deported to Uzbekistan like actually my childhood was spent in Uzbekistan let me tell you that oh because crazy of yeah yeah dude then... I, I feel so bad for you guys
0: <laughs> first of all like you're just yeah it's like Afghanistan like wherever you are you're getting attacked by someone or whether it's Russia or the US and it sounds very complicated. What,
1: what is your native language and how many languages do you speak? Well, uh, I actually speak fluently five languages. I'm uh, like on the course to learn other two languages as well. Uh, my native is Crimean Tatar. Like, you know, it has, it even has got its own dialects like Crimean dialect, but uh, some of the dialects, for example, the southern part of uh, Crimea very close to Turkish language, I might say. But when it comes to Northern part, it might be closer to the languages of Central Asia, I might say, so it's like kind of, you know, it was a bit of mix. And we had like, in the beginning of the 20th century, actually accepted like a literature style, uniting three different dialects and getting like a, uh, accepted cool. literature style of Crimean Tatar, yeah. So what, what are the five languages you speak fluently? Well, obviously English, uh, uh, Ukrainian, Russian, and Turkish. And and Crimean Tatar. Yeah, and Crimean Tatar definitely. That's my native tongue. So you, you speak Turkish fluently? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I do actually. <laughs> Bro, you yeah. speak five languages fluently. That's so cool. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> wow, I'm I, I'm shocked. So, what's the culture like uh, in Crimea? Like. I'm just going to assume that the food is like Ukrainian food, like like mainland Ukrainian food, but I could be wrong. Is it
1: like that? No, I wouldn't say so. Uh, To be honest, uh, the food is like extremely unique and the kitchen is extremely unique, I might say. You know, it's uh, when it comes to southern parts, there is like a lot of meat, a lot of um, foods that made of dough, I may say. And actually, you know, like this kind of like uh, multi-calories food, I might say. But when it comes to the thousand parts, we also, like, you know, in Turkey, I bet you tried this um, type of food where they use grape leaves. And dolma. inside there's, like, a meat. Yeah, yeah, like, like, we call it sarma. We call it sarma. Sarma, sarma, sarma. sarma yeah, yes. Sarma. And dolma, it's like, you know, it's like in a pepper, they, uh, they stuff with rice and meat and stuff like that. And then you boil it, for example, for some time. And that's actually, yeah, that's actually really tasty and uh, a lot of our food it involves a lot of meat a lot of meat and uh, well it also you know comes down to the part of crimea where you live because every part is extremely unique yeah it's
0: huge man i'm looking at the size of crimea (laughs) to u.s states i think it's let's see it says crimea is it's bigger than vermont which means it's bigger than rhode island and new hampshire and delaware and yeah it's bigger than a bunch of states
1: you know, uh, we have like a saying, like, in the beginning of 20th century, we had a lot of uh, culture of our own and enlighteners as well, like people of culture. And we had a person who was like, you know, in the twen- in the beginning of 20th century, where, you know, there were a lot of uh, tumults around the world, the First World War and everything. And actually we have a person who was saying that Crimea is like Switzerland by size, but only with the access to the sea so when you leave it for example to people who actually care about it you can make up like a new switzerland you know where you can enjoy life <laughs> are there a lot of nice beaches there yeah yeah a lot of especially uh, on the western part i might say like i enjoyed a lot of on the western part some are really nice on the southern part like in general really nice a lot of uh, sandy beaches uh, some of them might be like like might have some stones in them but generally yeah so right now
0: obviously the There's a war with ukraine and russia so yeah i know the city of Mariupol has been bombed and taken i don't know if it was taken or not but that's like pretty close to crimea so i'm guessing because russia already did their thing in crimea they're not like actively bombing or or is is it scary right now for people in crimea with the russia ukraine war
1: well um in fact you know that's an extremely difficult situation because nowadays we have like terrible, difficult situation. As you told, there is a war and Mariupol uh, actually has been taken. It has been bombed. But when it comes to Crimea, I, as I told you, there weren't any fights and conflicts. But uh, it seems like there is going to be a long way. I don't know what, what, which way it's going to be, you know, and uh, whether it's going to be military way, diplomatic way, like According to the international law, it's accepted as a part of Ukraine. But uh, when it comes to the reality, we see that, like, there were actually some bombings in Crimea as well, like, you know, mostly like military bases. And, uh, of course, they did not see what Ukrainian people witnessed, actually. It's a bit more peaceful there, I might say, situation, but I don't know what's going to be the outcome. No idea. So you're
0: saying internationally Crimea is still Ukraine, like uh, to the UN?
1: Like, yeah, uh, like majority of countries, they like, I might say, I don't know, maybe 80% or 90%, like, they recognize Crimea as a part of Ukraine, like, according to the international law. Interesting.
0: Well, it sounds very, very messed up, the, the political situation. Um, but is life somewhat normal there? Like, people are going to school, going to work. Like, it, is everybody speaking Russian because that's what they're told to speak, or are they still speaking Crimean Tartar?
1: Well, actually, you know, when it comes to speaking Crimean Tatar, it's uh, like most people, yeah, they do speak Russian, but uh, the problem is the, with the language of indigenous minority, ethnic minority is that people actually tend to forget their own language and people tend to speak not a lot as we wish for people to speak, for example, their native language. And that's like problematic, you know? And that's why, for example, we try to motivate uh, young people, youth, and not only youth, and we're also grateful to our old people for actually saving the culture, despite all the hardships our people had to bear and still bearing, you know? Uh, When it comes, for example, I don't know, like difficult situation because the land is, you know, desired by many, I might say, because the land is extremely precious there. It has got everything, whatever you want, mountains, uh, forests, waterfalls, I don't know, access to the sea, whatever you're interested in, actually can find lots of things in Crimea. I I imagine there's good fruits and vegetables and stuff that you guys grow. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But when you say access to the sea,
0: it really only has access to, not the the open sea. Well, yeah, actually it does because you can go through Istanbul, you just go through the strait and then you're in the Mediterranean.
1: There is like Azov sea and uh, the Black Sea, actually. Man, so I really want to go there. Have you been back at all recently? Well, actually, uh, I left Crimea, well, I can understand, I guess you can understand the reasons because as a, yeah. as a young person, it's extremely hard to develop actually there. And uh, I remember there, I tried to teach English actually, like one of my degrees is teaching English. And uh, when I was there, I tried to teach English and I remember people were not interested as much as like, you know, in other parts of the world. And uh, I understood that it's time for me to settle somewhere else because like, unfortunately for myself, I do not see any more future there. Like, I see that I had I have to move and the world is uh, allowing you to do this. So just, like, you know, carpe diem, grasp the moment. In Euro- do you live in Europe now? Uh, I live in Canada,
0: in Vancouver. Oh, I didn't know you were in Canada. Cool, yeah. man. I had no idea. Man, that, it's just like, uh, so people in Crimea, they have Ukrainian passports?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, they have and I don't know about now, but uh, they definitely, <laughs> at least I can say they used to have. For now, I don't know, either they have it or if not. If someone's
0: here. gonna visit Crimea for a week to go on vacation, mm-hmm. um, assuming everything is safe and there's no issues mm-hmm. with war or politics, what, what would you suggest them to do? Which parts of the of the peninsula would you suggest?
1: Well, first of all, uh, I would definitely recommend to go to a city called Yevpatoria, or uh, as we in Crimean Tatar call it Keslev and it's Greek name Kirkinetida. Why? Because it has got this unique atmosphere. There's like an old town, and in the old town, uh, there is a place that uh, we call small Jerusalem because, you know, there is a mosque, there is a cathedral and there is a synagogue and complete respect, complete respect between each other. That's, you know, the dialect and everything. And uh, also I would suggest to go to Bakhchisarai, that is the former capital of uh, Crimean Khanate, like a historic state that we had Crimean Tatars back in time. There you can visit Khan's Palace, extremely beautiful place, and uh, like, you know, I guess you're going to find lots of cool things for yourself there. Then you can go to uh, eastern part, uh, there is a Sudak, there is like a, the name of the city, and there you can actually, uh, you can find some fortresses, and you can find some, uh, you can witness actually some parts of Roman and Italian colonization, like actually there, yeah. And in the southern part, you can actually find some architect- architecture from uh, Greek colonization times.
0: I'm looking at the map as I'm talking to you, and yeah. this synagogue looks amazing in Pretoria. How do you say it? Yev-
1: yeah, 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 you said it correctly, Yevpatoria.
0: Yeah, man, because I'm Jewish, you know, so I love yeah. to uh, learn about Judaism around the world and see different synagogues. And this one looks really, really nice. Have you been there?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I lived in this city for like one and a half months. Actually, but I studied and worked in Bacchisaray, like in, it's a small city, but it has got its own unique atmosphere, I might say. And, you know, if you go further Bacchisaray, there are a lot of great mountains, forests, lakes, uh, like if you want to have a picnic or stuff like that. Cool, man. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really interested in the other regions nearby. Like
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Dejistan is the region in Russia that's close to Azerbaijan, right? Dagestan.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's in That's, the Caspian side, as it's I It's in know. the
0: Caspian side. W- yeah. So the city of Krasnodar, and, and like once you once you cross over to Russian mainland, mm-hmm. what region of Russia is
1: that? Like uh, you know K- Krasnodar, saying? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Krasnodar.
0: Krasnodar. Are those yeah.
1: Tartars that are living there too. I don't know. Like you know. Actually, I can find Crimean Tatar, whatever you want, because uh, I know like a lot of us has have traveled somewhere else. Like uh, you can find in Poland, like you can find in Germany, in Turkey, in some Central Asian countries. I guess I can find it. I mean, like I, my close friend, extremely close friend, he lives in Montreal, for example, and he's also like a Crimean Tatar.
0: Cool, man. I'm, I'm so fascinated. I'm a huge fan of Ukraine and, and this whole part of the world. Um, Thank you. I've had problems Thank you. with Russia. It yeah (laughs) my own personal travels problems from russia and i'm not sure if i could go back to russia um anytime soon because of the war actually i heard it's like open but i have no interest to go back and give them any support for what's going on what do you what do you miss the most about home like is it the food is it the mountains is it when you think about home what what do you miss
1: well first and foremost it's uh my family of course like you know Family is the most important part. And I, w- I would love to see my relatives, specific, especially my mom. I would love to see my mom. I haven't seen her for a long time. And, uh, you know, I'm a bit of like, a it's like a close to the situation. Like, actually, I've been following you for two years, man. So I'm a big fan of yours. Yeah, Thanks, actually. And I that. have seen your interview with NS Counter. actually. Yeah and uh i might say i'm a bit of in the same situation like i know he cannot really? see his parents. yeah he cannot see his parents. so i cannot go back like you know like if he goes back he's going to have huge problems same for me if i go back i'm gonna have huge problems there like yeah, like so you'll be forced to join the military this one too like you know uh, there's like a mobilization going on even though even though they say it might be partial but you never know who's going to be affected so actually yeah like uh, that's the first thing the second thing is that I do miss my family and I do miss my friends. And uh, even though I know majority of my friends also have left due to, well, the events that we all know. And uh, definitely I would love to walk these streets and uh, visit more. Like the cities that I have just told you, you know, maybe I would love to show you the tour around as well. That would have been like great, to be
0: honest. Hopefully you can meet your family sometime in a different country. So if you don't have to go back home. Man, that's, that's, that's really tough, man. It's a really tough situation. It's something that I can't relate to because like, I can't imagine not being able to go home and see my family, so thanks for sharing that, man. Do you meet other Crimeans like in Vancouver or, or
1: around the world? Around the world, actually, like uh, when I, I stayed in Poland for like four months before arriving to Canada and uh, actually my two closest friends that are there, they are from Crimea actually. And these are like my two former classmates. If I want, I can meet like, you know, after Poland, I went to Nuremberg to visit another of my friends and uh, there he's also a Crimean Tatar, And I also visited another friend in Switzerland, in Zurich. So yeah, I can actually meet some friends. One friend of mine even invited me to London, but I said, sorry, man, I'm already heading to Canada. Did you go to Canada for school? uh well he, like i'm studying right now it's my i'm getting my second master's degree like in uh, computer science uh Jeez. but uh, <laughs> yeah, <bro>. thanks <laughs> and uh i'm ho- uh, i hope to work here because you know like my first degree teaching english my master's degree is uh, teaching science and mapping out curriculum instruction for schools and stuff like that so like i'd like to be to to be beneficial as much as i can to the community where i live now how is your English so good? Like growing up in Crimea, like I imagine
0: they maybe um, taught you English, but not on the same accent of how you're speaking.
1: Thanks, man. Like sometimes I wonder if people actually can hear my accent is like way too obvious. No bro, Stuff I don't hear like that. shit. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. Well, you know, once my mom, she, I actually sat down with her, I was in the sixth grade and she told me, you know, there is a school in Crimea where people, students actually speak English the way we speak, for example, our native language. Like, no way. And at this time, I did not like English because my previous school, it was like terrible at teaching English. But uh, this school, for example, it was like one of the top schools in Ukraine and 600 students try to get in and only 60 are taken. Wow. So I passed like two exams and we had like... 16 hours of English per week, you know, and I fell in love with this language actually. And uh, most of my time, like 90% 90 of my time, I actually have to speak English due to my work, due to the place I live, and due to the people I, for example, interact with. So yeah, (laughs) like this. It's
0: pretty impressive how you didn't get any accent because people that come from Ukraine or Russia have a thick Eastern European accent, even people from like Serbia or Romania. But yeah, you you somehow, you must've watched a lot of movies as a kid.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm crazy about TV shows, for example, when it comes to Friends, I've seen like, I don't know, 20 times maybe each season. I don't know I'm why like... everybody
0: loves Friends. <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't get it. Like every, every foreigner is like, yeah, I learned English from Friends. I, I've heard that more than any other show or movie or, or musician.
1: But you know what? My master's degree, actually, it's American. I forgot to tell you. Sorry. Yeah. I got it in Houston, Texas. That's cool. I'm, I'm from, my grandparents are in Dallas and I'll be heading there pretty soon. Did you enjoy the um, US? Uh, well, it was online, you know, due to the mm. lots of uh, reasons like COVID was also at this time and everything. So I want to go to the US one day, actually. I want to visit. Uh, in 2014, actually, I had a chance to go for one year for free to the US. But uh, again, 2014 year, man. And... It was canceled for Crimeans, the chance to go there. So so you did school in Houston, but you were in Vancouver. Kind of, yeah, no, no, no. At this time I was in Ukraine while I was doing- Oh, like, you were in Ukraine when uh, you did the Houston Yes, school. I, I, was, I was working like at school, like, you know, at, at private school in Odessa, if you've been there. Yeah, like, I know Odessa. My most favorite city in Ukraine, like I love it. It's so beautiful. And I lived there for two years and uh, I worked there and uh, at the same time i was like you know due to the time zone difference uh during the day i would work and at night i would study but i would realize it's like investing like into education like the best investment for yourself actually
0: dude that that's the golden line right there that i wish everybody <laughs> in the world would, would understand
1: um how old are you uh, <laughs> i'm i'm about to turn 25 you're young man you're six years younger than me oh uh, yeah everybody tells me so that uh I'm young, I have a lot ahead, and I have, I shouldn't waste my potential. Dude, you are so bright, so much potential, you speak five
0: languages fluently, you've got a lot of knowledge and wisdom at 25, when I was 25 I had just started like pursuing to travel to everywhere, every country, and you know Ukraine, I only went to, I spent like eight days in Kiev, but I, I went to like neighboring, uh, villages like you know one hour drive from mm-hmm. kiev but i never made it to odessa or or Lviv. i mean i really really want to go and i know people that have been recently um i'm impressed to see how ukraine has fought back because everybody thought ukraine would have fallen by russia by now it's been what six eight seven months nine Since months nine months nine, nine months yeah yeah, yeah yeah every everybody thought in, russians thought everybody thought maybe except for ukrainians thought that yeah. Russia was gonna sweep through Ukraine, but Ukraine's been fighting back and it's been really nice to see that at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean like everybody was impressed, the whole world was impressed actually, you know, because uh when people when they fight for their own homeland, that's all whole kind of different motivation actually. Whole kind of that's different true. motivation and you know you don't wanna lose your homeland because uh well actually in my life it's my fourth time actually man when I start from scratch actually. Fourth time so, yeah, first time. You know, like, I was born in Crimea. I moved to Uzbekistan, and from Uzbekistan back to Crimea. Then I moved to Kiev, to Odessa, then to Poland, and now I'm in Canada. So <laughs> well, I've been like a bit roller coaster, but it's actually a great experience to have such thing, well, you know, before turning 25.
0: Man, you have experience that most people don't get in their life. Um, do you speak Polish?
1: A little bit, and actually, uh, due to the fact that I know Ukrainian language, when I read, I can understand. Maybe if I studied for like two, three months, I can handle this language easily.
0: If people speak Polish to you now, you think you could understand what they're saying,
1: like, uh, I dunno, 40 or 50% usually I might understand, but when I come, for example, to, I remember I was dealing with some documents and stuff. They uh, when they ask me in Polish language, do you speak and everything? I can understand like, how are you stuff like that. And when I hear some things because it's really close to the Ukrainian language and, uh, I have noticed nowadays, for example, even uh, in Poland, like in Warsaw, they have a lot of uh, writings along with Polish language, also the Ukrainian one, you know. Cool, man. All around the city, yeah.
0: If you you could say one message to everybody in the world, what would you tell them?
1: I would tell that uh, get into education. Get into education and uh, respect every culture, every religion, every nationality. And uh, don't ever be, like, you know, extreme. Don't ever be fanatic. Be educated. Stay educated and... uh, we should invest more into education if we invest more into education we're not going we are going to avoid most of the crisis that we are facing nowadays actually because bias is one of the bias and ignorance it's in my opinion one of the worst things that we might that we have that and actually causing a lot of problems nowadays dude
0: the education thing is spot on you know i've traveled to every country and i've realized that if everyone was educated it would solve so much problems of poverty of even just simple education of learning stuff on YouTube you know things are so valuable to people in faraway places like they can learn how to be an architect by watching videos and learning and some people don't see the potential in that because if you grew up in a rural part of Indonesia and your dad is a rice farmer and your grandfather is a rice farmer you're gonna be a rice farmer and you don't care about education because all you care about is rice farming of course rice farming is very important for the world and we need those people but having, having people realize and understand that education is so valuable will take them so much farther in life. Um, And it's really great to hear you say that because it's so incredibly true. Education is very important. Internet access for the whole world is important because then they have access to YouTube and Wikipedia and they can start learning things. But it's amazing. You're 25 years old, you're on a great path um i've enjoyed this chat man thank you for your time and hopefully i can visit crimea soon it's 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 been on my list for a while and then in 2014 it fell off my list because i didn't think it was possible to go but i'm sure it can be possible to to go and i'll have to get your advice for some of the best things to do so thank you thank you
1: like it was amazing chat yeah it was i mean like i cannot believe that i actually meeting someone whom i i did not think that i was going to meet like you know Two years ago, I started following your pages and I thought, wow, great stuff, man. Great stuff. Like, uh, you post and everything. I love it. Thanks a lot for having for, for having me in this chat.
0: appreciate that, dude. Have a good day in Vancouver and uh, yeah. we'll
1: be in touch, man. Yeah, thank you, have a nice day,
0: bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. If you feel inspired by this conversation, please share it with somebody who would enjoy listening. And if you're here for the first time, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to leave a review. Every week, I'm going to be looking through them and highlighting my favorite one. And with that all being said, I will see you guys next week.